most likely to get rich? Mark Ratner. After he drops out, of, he does a few years at Caltech, drops out, he's recruited for the next team. Mm. And it's like a tech wizard from there. Those were not, that was not one of the two that I said. It's so cheating a little bit because in real life, the person that Mark Ratner is based on went on to write PCs for dummies. <laughs> and you know that guy's rich. So even though I mostly discounted people like James Spader, who were born into a lot of money, I did pick Cameron from Ferris Bueller. Oh, I picked Ferris. For, for mostly to get rich? Yeah. I picked Cameron just because I feel like he would have like majored in computer science and been it like I could just picture him being on like the cutting edge of the tech boom and like working at Apple or some shit, you know? Just as a personality. See Cameron like, super like- detail oriented and kind of neurotic. Uh, and just kind of more stumbling into it than anything else. I see him seeing that kind of money as like a symbol of being like his dad and therefore like eschewing it. Eschewing it. I know, but that still doesn't mean he has a fuck ton of it. I guess. He's not happy about it. Why Ferris, Rachel? Well, I had two picks for this. Uh, Malcolm from Dope and Ferris. And then I had this vision where like, what if they like work together in like a weird, uh, anyway, Ferris just cause he's like, he seems like he can do anything and it seems like he would want money and he just will be able to figure out a way to get it. He also is like techie enough and he just seems very ambitious and at a certain point, that ambitiousness is going to turn away from just, like, wanting to do whatever he wants to wanting money because, like, that's the way he's, like, he's used to having a lot of resources and a lot of money. Um, we know he wants a car really bad. Like, we know he likes nice things. And I just think that he would so well, he would do that. And I think Malcolm is going to be rich because, like, this movie, the events of this movie prove that, like, he doesn't have to like be scared that he can just like kind of like go for it and he's smart yeah, enough to think Bitcoin. like yeah and he's smart enough to like think like 15 steps ahead of everybody so yeah i think ferris is being kind of like someone who peaks in high school kind of person personally i mean he has a huge peak but nose is so itchy andy oh, i said mark Ratner. Mark Ratner. What was what? What do people say for celebrity? The next category is what's like to become a celebrity. Cher Horowitz. Yeah, that's what I said. In like yeah. a Kardashian. Yeah, she's like gonna be vibe. an Instagram she'd influencer. Be, yeah, that's what yeah, I was trying to think. I couldn't figure that old out. For that, she'd be more. She'd be like first generation reality TV. Because mm-hmm. she's twenty. She's early twenties by two thousand. You know, she'd be like late thirties barf by. Um, <laughs> I was waiting for some type of reaction. 
Um, <laughs> she'd be like, what, late 30s by the time like Instagram and like YouTube uh, influencer stuff is really taking off. But I think she's, yeah, she's in that first generation cohort of uh, Bravo, um, E. It's, are the Kardashians on E, right? Yeah. That was a new thing? Yeah. Um, VH1, maybe? Yeah, I could see her uh, being like the classy alternative to Paris Hilton. Yeah. Where like she would have like some time as like a... Like Cribs era. Yeah, she'd have some time as sort of like a dopey, like fashion-y person and she'd very quickly be like a guest judge on like, you know, Project One Ray or something like that. And now she would be like an Instagram mommy influencer. Like, like LC. Yeah, I can sure. see her having like a like a total from the hills. Like there is like a time of trashiness, but now she's kind of like classed it up a little bit. Sounds good. Whereas, um, what's her name would be like? Uh, who's the woman on the hills that's kind of the worst? Who married Spencer? Heidi. Heidi. Um, oh man. Um, Dion would end up like Heidi. Spidey. Spidey. <laughs> Um, most likely to be president. I have a hopeful answer and a not hopeful answer. I only have a I only have a pessimistic answer. I think we is have it, the same it, one, Rachel. Is it James Spader? It's James Spader. <laughs> oh, because he's the I worst. I don't know if that's realistic. If you're thinking, if you're trying to be, because who is a to? If we're talking president. And the recent or presumed trajectory of the American presidency. I mean, who would a James Spader equivalent be? Kind of like Mitt Romney, but Mitt Romney lost. Like, who is? He's not very Trumpian. He's like I don't think he wouldn't be an anti-Trumper. But where? What is? I don't know. Is there a base that would? elect by popular vote in electoral college wins james spader and it seems like i mean it's like jeremy london i could see as like a trumpian like populist from dazed and confused i just i could just see him as not necessarily a populist but as a opportunist who has power by way of his money and just kind of like stumbles into it like a Ted Cruz type. Like, I know that Ted Cruz isn't president, but like a... More confident Iowa. Ted Cruz. Didn't he? Didn't he win Iowa? He won Iowa, right? Yeah, I don't remember. But yeah, like a Ted Cruz type, just like a skeevo, evil, ambitious, but like just sort of like confidence man that everyone kind of ends up getting behind, who has just like devoid of any moral center so that's my pessimistic take but my hopeful take is um brad hamilton i want i want brad hamilton to be my president he'd be so good reminds me of uh of he's like um, i'm not terrible bill clinton Keep going. Oh, that's I thought I interrupted you. Yeah, he just seems like a less awful Bill Clinton. Like he just seems like 
very sort of industrious and ambitious, but like he like really appreciates like hard work and he doesn't think that any job is like been, well, he thinks some jobs are beneath him, but he like, he like, you know, he just is like climbing up the ladder of his job. He takes a lot of pride in it. He supports a woman's right to choose. He um, has a skeevy fantasy, but doesn't act on it. Uh, he kind of reminds me of Jason Siegel, I think just in size yeah. and temperament. And he like, he clearly has like some, a little bit of a status obsession, as you could see with like his thing with his girlfriend and stuff. So that could kind of both like get the best of him, but also get ahead. But I, I would love to see a James Spader, uh, Judge Reinhold, like Democratic Republican debate. Andy, uh, I said, so she gets the, it's a close, she ekes out an electoral college win in a popular vote contest against Oz. That's President Cat Stratford. Oh my God. So That'd it's, be quite something. Because Oz is kind of a good populist from American Pie. <laughs> um... <laughs> And it's sort of much more in line with, in my opinion, like what a modern Republican looks like. Like James Spader, to me, seems like he was a long-term Democratic donor, but then has like kind of like Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Like, I think that's sort of archetypal, like, like the like the Simpsons, like the '90s Simpsons caricature of a Republican is kind of just like a 2010s caricature of a Democrat who eventually has some big scandal revealed, and then they're just like cut out of the face of the earth for good reason. Um, whereas Oz, to me, is more like a um, just yeah just sort of like a huckster charlatan like someone there is some or like james spader gets oz turns oz into yes. a presidential candidate james spader is the carl rove to oz yeah but he loses anyways to president cat stratford my god president, very into president cat stratford president beanie feldstein no cross my mind she wants to be but, Supreme Court justice anyway, but she can be a Taft. Yeah, but 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 Cat Stratford, not to be too Enneagrammy, is a one. And B.D. Feldstein's a three. And you don't want threes to be presidents. Okay, fine. Um it's interesting that you mentioned Cat Stratford. She's not gonna work at her school. I oh, what? had her as the secretary of state. No. The next category no way. is no. most likely to work at the school. That's insane. That's an insane pick. And I had her as going through and, and measuring English in, in multiple levels of her education and beginning a PhD and then actually like coming back 
to her hometown high school and teaching like and being like the English teacher that is like super subversive and like is super critical of the administration and okay. teaches all these crazy books like Miss Canan. Um, oh my god! Yeah, I could actually see it. Yeah, yeah, you know I'm right. You know I'm right. I think that that like that it just once I that once I thought of it, I was like, it's it's her. That I guess if so it's sweet. Stadium High School. I know if it's Stadium High School, I work there. My pick. This is not who would get voted in the yearbook contemporarily, but I just think it's the most true. I think Emilio Estevez in Breakfast Club works Oof, at the uh, school. If he blows football his coach gym teacher. What? Football coach slash gym teacher. Or just like a math teacher, you know. Slash pizza hut. He just has a lot of loyalty to authority, it seems like, especially like school authority. And he seems to just have like a lot of pride in the school and he's very sweet. And I could just see it happening. He, I just... I think he'd be good. I think he'd be very good at his job. But, yeah. I think it's Emilio Estevez. Jandy? I have Darla Marks. I'll give you both $100 if you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> Who's that? Uh, Parker Posey's character from ah! uh, Dazed and Confused. Just has That's that sort one. of, yeah, like that That's pride, local pride energy, like really into the culture and history of the school and, the hi- and like the hierarchy yeah and like sh- i can see her really putting a lot of value in j- just like being a permanent fixture of the uh, yeah you could tell she was counting down the days until she was able to do all the things that were done to her as a freshman yeah like she was she would, so like- excited she like bust out her old seniors t-shirt like every like last day of school That's a great pick. as like a yeah I could see that I'm so glad we're talking about her because she is one of my uh, favorite characters in again, these movies yeah yeah she's great and the fact that she gets just like w- the most drunk possibly oh yeah at in at Moonlight the party, Tower party, the, but the, I just got a text. Moonlight Power, the party's moved to Moonlight Tower. Oh, it is tonight. We gotta get going. Um, yeah, we haven't talked about Days and Confused or Breakfast Club. I'm sure, it can come up. Kind of gets into the uh, both of those get into some of the burning questions. We're back. For the best thing I ever saw, teen comedy edition. Prom com. Prom com. Who wants to go first? I think Andy might be the most ready of the three of us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've had part of this conversation already, probably a couple times. It's a movie that's come up a lot in our conversation already. This, the, sorry, a lot of coffee. A lot of coffee during the pod today. <laughs> the uh, best, uh, best teen comedy I ever saw is, of course, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I knew he'd say that. A movie that two of us have seen. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it. I saw it. Oh, man. But, where to begin? 
It's it's a lot. You know, it 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 checks a lot of the boxes. It as it has um, to. It's from from the soundtrack, from the sort of trend setting to the character. You know, it's got to me the best characters. It it is a cultural. It's you know culturally significant down to at least like Spicoli's bands, those black and white checkerboard bands, which are pretty sweet. I think every person goes through a little phase in which they lust after a pair of those vans like I did when I was like 18, 19 years old. Um, the soundtrack is so, so good. If I were in a movie, I would want to both have a theme and have that theme written by Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> it feels... It, it's one of the movies that perhaps obviously it doesn't speak to some ubiquitous um high school experience but to me it 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 feels closer than a lot of these get to actually feeling about high school or feeling like high school uh one thing one scene we haven't talked about yet is the oh which is so good uh is the i don't would you call it a pep rally i guess where there's just not a whole lot of pep and the two cheerleaders <laughs> are yes, just like I bless their bless their hearts they're up there trying and like one even says like look it takes like a lot of courage to get up here all right <laughs> and then someone just like throws a wad of paper at her and they just just like don't give a shit at all which is i do love that um, part just like very true and very yeah hilarious um yeah, I, I feel like, I mean, down to the brief teen comedy that I was writing in my head from like 2003 to 2004, it feels to me like beat for beat exactly how I would package and present a high school movie to just like the job culture and the mall culture, to the soundtrack, to it like showing you a school year at a glance and ending with a dance. Got to have a dance. Big fan of a teen movie dance uh, scene, sequence, whatever you want to call it. Uh, to the American Graffiti-esque, like where are they now? I don't know if, the, if American Graffiti can claim that, but the got to end with like character freeze frames telling you uh, what, uh, what everyone's up to now. Or what happened to them? Like, what was their, uh, you know, what did they go on to uh, accomplish and whatnot? What um, what movies yeah. was that in? American Graffiti, Cooley High. Cooley High. It's in Can't Hardly Wait, but we didn't watch Can't Hardly Wait. Um, it's in, obviously, It's not. Times. Is it in Greece? I can't remember. I don't think it is. No, I don't think so. I don't think it's in any of the Hughes movies. No. It's not in Dazed and Confused, right? I don't think so. No, I don't think it is. It's not, yeah, it's not in a lot of them after. No, I think it's more of an early thing, yeah. Yeah. But it's fantastic. Has its problems, like you would expect. any movies from that from that time to have but it is it's so good that very lovely composed shot of the girls 
closing up uh shit i forgot the pizza restaurant's uh name but yeah so, oh, so the, the music is so good in this movie which i guess is a kind of a basic thing to say i feel bad because they were saying on a far more illustrious movie podcast how amy heckerling wanted like real like fringe uh like in your face punk music in it and i guess maybe to a lot of people's standards something like joe walsh in jimmy buffett and sammy hagar is like pretty basic but yeah what podcast was that um Sorry, I spaced. That's early space, bro. Uh, they were talking about it. There was a Judd Apatow when Judd Apatow was on the. That's it. Talk about yeah, that's thing. it. Yeah, I heard that. I remember hearing that too, and I couldn't remember where. Um, I will go next because mine has a similarity in that it's Amy Heckerling's other masterpiece. The best thing I ever saw, teen comedy edition, is Clueless. Um, and here's why. Because every deep, like every character in the movie is treated with such care, like the same, like, like you can watch it and be like, like just in the last whatever a few hours ago, I was marveling at how amazing Alicia Silverstone isn't in it. But last time we watched it, I was just spent the whole time marveling at Brittany Murphy, and just like what an amazing turn that is. Um, I love like all of. I mean, I actually think the romantic stuff, I mean, some people are weirded out by it. I think it's very effective. I think like her sort of relationship to her, sort of like the romance side, the sexuality side is like very interesting how she sort of interrogates the whole like, I don't want to date high school boys thing. Um, But that's kind of like her like mask so that she doesn't have to be vulnerable um and there's just this very like amazing exploration of shares like need for control and lack of desire to show sort of a different side of herself um this is it was also the first time this last time i watched it that i realized like so in the original in emma you know she says a really mean thing um, that this one woman who's much poorer than them like talks too much and uh, then and the equivalent of this is her being extremely rude and racist to their um, maid and that Josh calls her out on that um, I just didn't even notice that before that like that meanness was like translated to just like sort of like white privilege and racism in this that she that that's the being called out on that like makes her realize sort of that she should be less of a terrible person because that's like her that's what this is about is it's not about getting laid and it's not about it's like any outside conflict is just like her being like oh i'm gonna be not a bad person i want to be a good person i want to like use my powers for good um and that's just super effective and i just love that like the pismo beach disaster like seen at the end how they're like you know like getting all these like it's, i love how it's not like a it's not like fight world hunger like it's, it's something that's like a very small scale and you just imagine like this one place like getting this onslaught of like designer clothes and caviar and then she just like throws herself into it i just think that share horowitz is amazing obviously we talked about the language we talked about the delivery um it's a great la movie 
Uh, be anywhere in LA in 20 minutes. Be anywhere in LA in 20 minutes. Um, mm. And yeah, and it's also like, I love this, the vibe of the class in that like there are a lot of, there's like definite like sects of society and there's clear like stratification, but they do kind of all go to the same parties. And there is like a sort of like begrudging respect to everybody. There's not like a feeling of like, oh, I don't even look at that person. I don't even talk to that person. And at the end of the day, like Cher says like, oh, we all go to a really good school. There's, I think Dion says like, oh, this is like a really good school. Like we're all smart here. We all talk like this. Yeah. They're only like, like we have different levels or whatever, but like we're all here for a reason or whatever, which I guess is just like a private school thing to say. Um, So I think that that's kind of good that, that there's like, clear like levels of popularity but they all sort of know each other and there's still a community there um and no dance yeah. right no dance it's very odd that there is no like big dance at the end there's the i guess like the thing that plays the role of the dance is the skateboarding thing where Ooh. travis where yeah travis goes to skateboard and um like when your grandma knows that you like school dances in your high school movies so she gets you a skateboarding sequence yeah that is a bummer that that's not there but there's also the ska there's like the dance scene you know with the ska music and then there's the um where many many boss tones are playing mm. um and at the skunk club at, that's not what it's called i know i was trying to stump the schmoolies <laughs> and i just love that movie there's so many great details um, it feels like, yeah, it's just, it's very rich. I love that movie. It's the best one. I, it's the best teen movie on the list. I'm not sure it's the best movie on the list, but I think we'll talk about that later. I'm having a lot of trouble right now, guys. Did, have you, did you, uh, may, have you made your, uh, like, lighting mood appropriate? I, I'm sorry, I have no <laughs> idea why. It's like there's no light in my room for some reason. I mean, there's, I think it's lighter than it is depicted on screen. And I'm not willing to get up and turn on any lights right now because um, it would take too much work. Um, uh, so I'm trying to decide between two movies. I mean, I think in a lot of ways it would be very easy for me to just say Clueless because then we'd all have Amy Hackerling movies because then we'd all have Amy Hackerling movies. But I, I do want to showcase another movie that has a uh, dance in it, if possible, that does not. Neither of them that I'm thinking about have a dance in it. Oh, I thought um, you could say 10 things. I thought he was going to say 10 things, too. I would have put a billion dollars on oh, 10 things. I am actually not going to say 10 things. Um <gasps> One movie I've seen many times and the other I've seen once for this podcast. And I think based on just like the feeling like I had when seeing it this single time, I think I'm going to say Days and Confused. Oh, nice. There is a dance in it. There is? <laughs> oh, yeah, because it's dance. like the awkward eighth grade dance. Oh, the, the awkward best eighth one. grade dance. Um, I just all and right, to, all use, right, all right. to use modern parlance, it's a vibe. The whole movie <laughs> is a vibe. 
it's I was, I was waiting to... so many <laughs> things ran through my head of what you're gonna say <laughs> um it i think does so much of what's good about american graffiti in its single night um kind of having a, a cast of characters but not necessarily showcasing any one character relationship i guess a little bit the main character the the football player star um is kind of the the connecting point for a lot of jason what ha- what goes on yes i called him jeremy um, london before jason london he's the kind of connecting point for a lot of what's going on but you're, you don't know that much more about him than any other character or don't follow him that much more than any other character. I think it really, especially that senior year, it, well, it does two things. The senior year, both of, co- both of high school and of college kind of like groups mush like and just like the Friday night, like going out and thinking anything can happen and just kind of like, following you can end up, like where, with anybody like hanging yeah, out with, like, whoever. And, and it's all it's all you're just so much more open to that kind of thing and just like ready for where the night would take you than at any other point um i think that captures that so well which is interesting because that also exists to some extent like your freshman year so it like you know at the beginning you like always sort of end up hanging out with random people and at the end that's true too and it does and it does an interesting and so it's both the, sides of it the freshmen and also are, are kind of do you have a couple of of kind of examples of freshmen kind of and how they are kind of like pulled in and i mean his acting isn't great the the younger brother um but almost in in his lack of acting and kind of he has a lot of like motions that he repeats constantly like he plays with his hair where he kind of like shakes his head and they kind of i don't know if it was on purpose but they kind of come off as these like nervous ticks basically because he's obviously just like has no idea what's going on um and i think it's just kind of like juvenile in such a great way like the little prank they pull on ben affleck um with the paint and just the whole party scene where people are kind of just like walking around and the camera feels very kind of slowly paced as it just kind of like checks in on different people and that's very much how the movie feels you're just kind of like where are these people how are they what's their plan uh what have you heard about what's happening tonight i don't know i just thought like it was oddly very hopeful in its vibe even though there's very little that it's saying about anything um yeah i guess it's the movie i was most impressed with as i watched these movies Great runner, great class clown runner-up in Rory Cochran. Now that I've mm. had time to research it, what was his name again? I it says Ron Slater, but I that doesn't really Slater. Place it. I think it is Slater. Slater. Is it okay, so they call him Slater in the yeah, because he's the one. Oh, whoever yeah. is whoever yes, is saying it is off Slater. screen in the beginning, where he in like a very 
Spicoli or like stoner dude uh, dialect says he's talking about John Bottom. He says something like, "Like you couldn't, like you'd have to be on like so much acid, man, to like play <laughs> like like that John Bottom drum solo, I, man." <laughs> I see. I believe his character as the stoner much more than I believe Spicoli as the stoner. Um, because he's more in the background. Stoners generally aren't loners, I would say, in my experience. And Spicoli kind of feels a little more like a loner. He has his um, friends that he gets out of the tr- the truck with. That's true. Sorry, John Bonham, not Bonham. Bonham. Um, yeah. The the one I was choosing it between was that and Ferris Bueller, which happens oh. to be my favorite of the John Hughes movies. Ferris Bueller is so good. I think it gets a little carried away with the like cat and mouse. It does. It does. That to um, me is like the only thing that keeps it from. But like, I, but without that, you wouldn't get the running through the backyard scene. You could still do that and not have to have so many close-ups on the principal's face. That's true. Exasperated. I love. There's just so many parts of that movie that are just completely blazed into my mind. The opening sequences are so good. This, I mean, the part, obviously I'm biased, but the part in the Art Institute and like the getting sm- closer and closer to the girl in Sunday on the Ground Shot. Yeah, um, so good. And the old placement of the Chagall windows. I miss being there. Although it, you can't really tell, it almost looks from the shot like they're in the current corner back in the corner of uh, Rubloff. Anyway, um, yeah, it was close, but I, I yeah, I, I didn't want to weigh so much the amount of times I've seen the number of times I've seen Ferris Bueller. Because I think Days and Confused made a more lasting impression in, in in one watch. Another triple, although I was very close to picking Clueless. Um, three different, but three good. Three good ones. Oh, yeah. I meant to for, keep blogging these. Like, um, what each time? Does anyone smell any burning? Such an anti joke. That's such an anti joke. I know. That's what I, I, it's such an. I, I was like, wow. Is anybody kind of tingling or itching down there and <laughs> have questions for their physician? Did anyone have things they want to ask? I didn't want to. I shouldn't use question in, in the joke. It's like using the def, the word in the definition. <laughs> things oh, you want to ask your physician. Um, next, we have burning questions. The first one is a... Well, do we want to... St- Sorry. So we have that what is becoming an evergreen question that's not actually on the notes. Did we want to start with that? Which is, uh, which is, is the best thing you ever saw? Is the best scene yes. comedy you ever saw the best movie on the list? Yeah, I was going to just like do like a double shout out to Cooley High here. 
Um, it's like, I, I mean, I saw it recently, like last night, but I can't stop thinking about it. And I, it's hard to imagine a world where I do anytime soon. It's just such a remarkable movie in that, like, um, it is so funny. It is so like beautiful. Like there's so many great shots of the city. Um, and like, as like a, like in so many ways, it's not a teen comedy because like it ends in this tragedy, um, and like that's hard. But obviously, there's the question of like that's also a lot of people's actual experience. Like you don't just get to, you know, say that like a experience doesn't count as like a prototypical one because there's something that's very sad that happens in it. Um, but I just okay, I have to say this in this spot. The so Eric Monty like wrote this movie and it's based on his own life experience in Cabrini Green. And he said something to the effect, I'm gonna paraphrase, but because I don't I can't don't have the quote on me, but something to the effect of like everyone thought that like, you know, these projects are like the worst place to be, but he said something like this, these were the best years of my life. I would never want it to be anywhere else. And just the idea that like that like love and care that we talked about for um, like the problems of like teenagers in the world of teenagers you don't need like that should not only be for people with t- like the Tacoma high school looking high schools and all that stuff like it shows that there's a like not white people Pinterest version of this that's also a totally valid and like happy and beautiful teen experience um which I think is very happy, cool. happy to a certain extent. But he talks about being really happy. Like those are yeah, his words. No, yeah. Like he said he was really happy. So I'm not saying that like it's a happy movie. I don't think it really is. But you see the joy he felt in like being a teenager. Is he um, preach? He's preach. Um, and also it needs to be noted. So like he went to Hollywood and became a writer, made this movie. And then that movie, you know, became what's happening also in the Jeffersons. And he got so screwed out of proper rights to those by Norman Lear. And the lack of, I mean, you can Google it, but the lack of credit and lack of money he got for this idea and this like beautiful thing that he created. Um, and good times. And good times. Sorry. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Am I did I miss something or did I misattribute something? Well, you said what's happening in the Jeffersons. Oh I know yes. it's definitely what's happening in good times. Is it also the Jeffersons? Good he wrote on the Jeffersons, but I don't think this was based on the Jeffersons. So I think Jeffersons is on his credit, but it's what's happening in good times that he that this is like inspired by, and that's what he wanted. But I think he was involved in the Jeffersons to some extent, but I could be wrong. Um, I think this was this was a I was in the Wikipedia at least this was like a box office hit. It made thirteen million dollars, which in nineteen seventy-five, oh, wow. right? Yeah, yeah. It was a in huge twenty nineteen, Booksmart made twenty-two million dollars. I know yeah. it was a huge hit, and he ended up being so screwed by sort of the racist Hollywood system that in two thousand three he was living in a shelter, um, like a homeless shelter. He had issues with drugs and things like that, and it's just very frustrating that because he was black the person who did all this work and created all this stuff for norman lear essentially 
got stolen from. And um, that makes me really mad. So I'm now going to like go on a rant against Norman Lear and justice for Eric Bonte. That's my thing. Our listeners need to know this better. Andy? Tricky one for me. Um, I'd maybe be splitting hair. I mean, it's close. I, I, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's hard to say that Days and Confused isn't a better movie than Fast Times. Um, I think that, I mean, the three... The three sort of serious period pieces. There are four period pieces if you include Greece, but I wouldn't say Greece is a serious movie. But American Graffiti, Dazed and Confused, and Cooley High all feel like more significant, more important, better made movies than Fast Times. No disrespect to Fast Times. Um, Dazed and Confused, tell that though, is. <laughs> now it sounds like what? <laughs> oh. What movie? Did we? Is that on the list? <laughs> Did I miss some? But maybe, yeah, maybe Days and Confused is a better made, you know, better made movie, better movie. Yeah, I think for me, this is the first time where it is the best movie I saw was the best overall movie. I would. I really want to watch, and I'm not saying this would necessarily change if my view on if it's a better movie than Days and Confused. I really want to watch Cooley High with like fixed sound. I don't know if it's possible to do. I have to believe it's possible to do. I think that if we campaign for justice for monty we could get this thing remastered it could because all of the songs in it have better masters like we have the masters of all the songs in it and just that would improve it tenfold um so it, it was i also looked up the jefferson's what's happening and good times all of which he um deserved credit for and only got a million dollars total um okay uh next burning question getting caught um (laughs) is as we have discussed in our discussion most of these movies can kind of be split up into two camps um ones that depict a single basically night uh, usually towards the end of the senior year of high school or ones that kind of are like a whole year or a longer period of time. Um, So which do you prefer all in one night or school year long? All in one school year. You could say. I like the year-long ones because I just think that I am not someone who prefers like the It's a Vibe movies. I like things with a little bit more plotty stuff going on. So I think that that, I think that all-in-one nights always tend to be vibey. I love a good vibe. (laughs) Um, 
I I enjoy the movies that do well. The I think that in a lot of cases, in a lot of ways, this is true. When you put up parameters, the creativity that is that is kind of forced um, in terms of how to, for instance, in the case of All in One Night, how to allow the viewers to get a sense of who these characters are because you don't have over time looking at their actions. I think the creativity that that elicits is very interesting for me. So you have to, you generally have to kind of be very much more care, very much more careful about what you show each character doing. So, I mean, Ferris Bueller and Days and Confused are both like all in one day, basically. Um, and I just really like the, the kind of, it, I, for some reason it feels more sprawling to me because you get, you actually get more of the time encapsulated in the movie of the time it's depicting, um, especially in Days of Confused, you get so many different characters and you spend more time with them um, as they go through the night. So I'm, a, I'm an all-in-one-nighter. It's close for me. Either way you win. It's like a reverse alien versus predator. Um, I think I'm like 51% whole school year, 49% all in one day. Because um, you can do both. I was gonna Look, if you're still listening, you know I love a school dance in a teen movie. <laughs> Those tend to favor the full school year uh, format, even though a lot of the one-dayers or one-nighters uh, also have it. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's very close for me. Cool. How much high school is right for you? So that a lot of high school, a lot of high school, like a lot of high school. Yeah, teachers, dances, detentions. Yeah, the other stuff. (laughs) I like a lot of high school in my high school movies. Yeah, I think that it just allows for the most sort of authentic. Uh, points of contact between lots of different types of people and a lot of relatability for me who spent a lot of time in high school in high school and didn't go to a lot of parties and was completely <laughs> devoted to school and never skipped school. So, Feldstein. Yeah. So like that's my high school time was about school. So that's, I guess what I tend to gravitate towards, but I don't necessarily think that that's like objectively like needs to be, but yeah. I don't know looking back on my favorites they're actually i enjoy i definitely enjoy the time spent in the high school and i think it i love seeing the depiction of of a lunchroom um and a classroom but i think that you can get a piece of that as happens in like ferris bueller or days and confused and that can inform the rest of how you view the people in the movie. It's a very good way of like, you have like in Days and Confused, you have like the quote unquote nerds in the classroom. Um, 
and then they can kind of go out and you've gotten already a sense of who they are. So it kind of is a good jumping off point. And this happens in a lot of the movies. You get school like Superbad and, and Ferris Bueller and Days Confused. You get the school at the beginning so that you can kind of get this basis and then you go out of school to the party. For me, there's still Days and Confused maintains a lot of the school-related essence throughout the whole thing with them going back to the school at the end and they're smoking pot on the football field and the whole through line of whether or not he's going to sign that like character agreement the for the football yeah. team. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do like that. Um, all the hazing. Uh, so, yeah, it, it does a good job of maintaining that essence throughout, even though... School, by definition, is pretty much over by the time the movie starts. Yeah. But in that way, it's actually still about school because it's, you know, maybe not in the way we've been talking about it, but like the the first minutes of summer are so inextricably linked with how you think about school and high school. School's out. Both. I was just, I was just thinking because it, they, it literally plays that song, right? Yeah. So it's, yeah, it does. it's like the, um, the original. Let's keep on rolling. Um, who, what, or who do you want as your prom musics? Usher DJing or letters to Cleo slash Save Ferris? Mighty, mighty boss tones. I know it's not prom, but it's the closest thing in Clueless that comes. So. That's your choice. Well, I want to double check to make sure it's Mighty Mary Boston's, but yes. Usher DJing. I think I'd rather have a DJ. Yeah. And therefore Usher DJing. Um, I love Say Ferris and, and... Letters to Cleo. Letters to Cleo. And it seems nice until you're only getting kind of one sound. And I think having that ability to kind of go across genres and sounds benefits DJs. I have to say, though, and a shout out to my high school experience, which was largely soundtracked to ska music because my friends were in a ska band. There's something wonderful that happens when you're at a concert or like at a school event there's a ska band playing and everyone's into it. And you look around and you're like, do all these people realize that we're all just dancing to ska right now? Like it's so specific, but yeah, it'll it's trick okay. You. It'll trick you. And that's very, that's why I say Mighty Mighty Boston's. My roommates were shitting on ska just earlier why? this week. Your roommates of all people, at least one of them. I think it was Alex. Should I don't have. remember. Um, I had a ska phase. I, I had a pretty serious ska phase. Um, oh, I generally wasn't, I kind of had specific ones in third wave. I liked, I was kind of a first wave some, a lot of the time. Yeah. Streetlight Manifesto. Yeah, it's kind of, I don't know. I wasn't a big Streetlight Manifesto person. Like Street Manifesto. Uh, like spe- I really love the specials. Um, anyway. So wait, what did you choose, Rachel? Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Oh. Secret Option C. 
Secret option C. What so could like? I say that Blink-182 is an option because they're <laughs> technically in American yeah, Pie? This is, a, no, this is not good. No. There's I'm a, so picking Usher. Or, but yeah, Usher. Usher's Raymond. Funk soul brother right about now. The funk but soul yeah, brother. Uh, Usher, but he can only play funk that, that right about now. What is the it? funk soul know. brother. Yeah. Check yeah. it out now. The next question is people one know that, that as the she's all that song. Do they? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> people do. Um, what's this? What's your source material? I don't understand this question currently. We talked about it. It was in the pre-show meeting. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. It was what would you use from your life experience? Oh yeah, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. To put in a high school movie. Now I remember. I don't have anything that exciting. I think the best story. Um, I was not in high school for the best, like most embarrassing, film-worthy thing I could, I could say, just like unrequited teenage romance stuff like uh like writing letters to girls like three people removed like hey can you give this to her who'll give it to her who'll give it to her wherein i ask her to the homecoming dance and then like three weeks later i hear yeah she's not going with you so that's really about it mine is this person slash maybe multiple people i think it was multiple people because one kind of person spearheaded it one asshole dude format formed this ranked list of all or to their their consideration the top girls in the grade and basically ranked them on i think it was desirability i never saw this this desirability and also kind of put comments on all of them. And this list was like copied and like circulated throughout the school. And there was this whole, that like everyone knew. And there was like, you knew like certain people were like talking about like where they were on the list. And it felt not in the moment. Now I realize that it's like straight out of a movie. Uh, the person was like, I think he was expelled for creating this list it was kind of one person i guess um and it was just like super it was crazy and it was also like so disgusting like that someone would do this and like spread it out and kind of the fact that some of the girls on the list who were like higher rated were just kind of like happy with where they were ranked. Um, which is kind of nasty. It was, it just it, nothing, obviously nothing good came out. It was just kind of like showed how nasty high school is in a lot of ways. Um, and could easily be kind of inserted as a plot device in a high school movie you know sure. it was like called like the list yeah yeah 
think mine isn't anything too specific. Uh, I mean, I have stuff that I'm not going to say on a podcast, but um, my my friends and I made it our singular mission for four years to never go in the lunchroom after our freshman year. And just like the random places that we would eat lunch to avoid being in the lunchroom. It's not a particularly cinematic like plot point, but I could imagine it adding texture to a movie. Yeah, the of like people who think they don't want to be part of the plebes kind of idea. Exactly. Like the but but you end up in like worse places than a lunchroom, like sneaking around to like the chemical filled photo lab, sneaking around to this random teacher's classroom and then getting kicked out of that classroom and then begging this other teacher and then going into the basement of the theater until we got kicked out and just all that stuff to just all avoid being in a lunchroom. It feels somewhat not cinematic so much, but very like a very real high school texture. Two tickets, please. I know, I know, it's not that interesting. Okay. No, but I could see it. I could definitely see that as like a, uh, like a, a choice that is made by a, the outsider group of in a high school movie. That like they're just like are disgusted by everyone in the. I know. In the lunchroom. Such, such jerks. And in like a bat in like a nasty ass place because of it. Um, yeah. Can I ask a question not on the list? Yes. Yeah. Was I a bet? Were you a bet? <laughs> Was I a stupid bet? You were just, I mean, idiot started out that way, but, but you're really important to me now. Sam's into it. <laughs> Cooley High was the first one on the list. I mean, it's only the second movie that was on the list. Chronologically was the first like bet, obviously. Yeah. Yes, it was. And it's interesting because you al- you almost forget. I mean, the you fact do, that he like blurts he like blurts it, it out is he so dumb. Preach is a dumbass. So dumb. He's just yeah. He's just like but oh, Kuchis is gonna be so you mad that he owes me a dollar. By that time. Yeah. Because they love her, each other. Yeah, Kuchis. I keep saying Kuchis. 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 Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Sam already revealed his best John Hughes movie. I think I think partially just because and and it's so hard to to untangle when you saw a movie with how you feel about the more problematic parts of it. But I found that Ferris Bueller had the least both I really enjoyed it, but also like there were parts of especially 16 Candles that I just couldn't look past in terms of how I thought about the movie as a whole. I find, I think I have this sometimes more than you guys. Not saying that you guys don't have like morals or anything, but I just find it hard to look past more problematic areas of a movie, especially when I'm watching them for the first times for this podcast. I mean, 16 Candles never needs to get watched by me ever again. I it's agree terrifying. It. It's really bad. Honestly, the worst part of it, well, not the worst, I should say that there's so much that's bad. 
but a part that is bad that doesn't get talked about is just how the sister should not be marrying this guy. Mm. Like she, they do not seem to like each other. It seems very toxic and bad. She's not even like, like sober. I mean, obviously there's other rape that is much more whatever. Just, yeah, just nutso. Nutso. Yeah, that movie is... Is that, is that me? Sorry, sorry. Kind of ill-timed to ask, but I'll stop if it is. It's one of you. I think it was. I think it's you, Rachel. Yeah, it's Rachel. I think it's me. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So mine is Ferris Bueller. I think I liked Pretty in Pink. It's a little one note in its kind of message. Um, but I like the characters a little more. Breakfast Club was fun, but it also feels very forced in kind of like the bottleneck episode. Is I don't know. I just Ferris Bueller was my favorite. Yeah, I wish I'd like Breakfast Club more. Breakfast Club is my pick. I don't know how well I can say why. It just has this energy that is so easy to get pulled into. I was just next level obsessed with it the first time I saw it. It was another one of those sleepover movies, not in like the we're getting away with something way. I just It was like right at the end of eighth grade. I remember when I discovered it and we watched it twice in the same sleepover, we just could not get enough of it. And I can't, I was trying to think about it. I don't quite know why, you know, like a lot of the issues and um, that, that they're trying to resolve the, the, the teenagers in the movie aren't really issues. I, identified with but man yeah love me some breakfast club it's a good one and obviously i'm not i i I can't i cannot nor do i want to defend 16 candles i mean for all of the things that you two have already highlighted but Kind of similar to um, what I said about Fast Times at Ridgemont High in terms of like, it's how I would see myself assembling one of these movies. If I were to do an all in one night, I just, I really do, notwithstanding all of the, the terribleness of it, I do, there's just such a great rhythm and energy to to 16 candles with the like i love a good preparing for a wedding movie <laughs> no, dance. and then there's it's a, a wedding it's got a wedding and, and a it's dance. got a dance Jesus. it's like it's all the stuff and um wedding and a dance and a party yeah um yeah a lot of shit happens right. in that movie yeah, we, Rachel, yeah. what was yours? Did you say? Breakfast Club. I think mine's Ferris Bueller as well. Although, like, I do have a lot of affection for Breakfast Club. I just don't really like watching the whole movie. Yeah. Like, now yeah. as an adult, I like watching bits of it. I like thinking about it. 
I like all those things. It's just sitting through the whole of it. It's like not as much fun as I wanted it to be. No, they they it's they kind so of seem to be Judd Nelson in the beginning. Yeah, He's and they such seem to be kind of having the same conversation over yeah. and over again. Yes, in different tones and kind of subjects. Um. It's just, it's so much Judd Nelson in the beginning. And I don't quite understand why. Like, I don't think that John Hughes thinks he does a good job of writing that kind of person. So the idea that, that he'd be like, we really need to do this a lot is. I think, yeah. The, there's the combination of Ferris Bueller as like an aspirational movie that appeals. Like the cutting, like I would never cut class, period. So seeing someone who cut class and does it so successfully, like going to a Cubs game and being yeah. in a fucking parade. It's like, like yeah, like, so like what it's like a superhero up, movie almost. It's like what the mix up files of Mrs. Basil Frank Weiler did to running away. Yeah, exactly. Um, what a book. It's like um, if you're going to do it, do it in style and go all out. But then it kind of comes back because Ferris character is not an interesting character. And I think Cameron is an interesting character and kind of there's his line throughout the movie and where he ends up and with the car, I think gives it a little more meat. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I do think it's interesting that at least for two out of the three of us, John Hughes is not the the like hero of teen movies it's amy heckerling i need to read or richard linklater i mean clueless or richard is, linklater. yeah yeah i'd say clueless both clueless and days and confused are both much better than any of the john hughes movies for me yeah i would say my take after studying all of these for this is that the I get why I was obsessed with them 20 I years think ago. they were but... formative, though. Yeah. I think how he treats, and this is something also that Molly Ringwald speaks, is how he treats, and we've, and we've talked about this, how he treats teenage emotion very seriously and without condescension. Um, and kind of normalizing that, I think, was very important. I mean, I think Fast Times does that to a certain extent, but his movies were just so much about just teenage feelings, especially his first couple. Yeah. There's more like actual sort of emotional stuff going on in his movies as opposed to fast times, which has a lot of like plot and circumstance to it. I mean, yeah. Uh, like the main emotion is the main is emotion that's felt play. in fast times is horniness. Yeah. I mean, by everybody, but it is the main emotion that's felt is just horniness. A scientific basis. Yeah, not against it. It's just it's more complex than <laughs> the other ones. All right, off list okay. question. Off list question. And it has been burning inside of me. Let it out. <laughs> um, as the older sibling, Rachel, what did Sam finally say? that made him worthy for you to tell him the location of the sex book 
hidden in the OPRF library stacks. <laughs> that would be so much better if it was an older sister who told him that. Yeah. Agreed. But yeah, that You mean you don't thing. want Casey Affleck in it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You mean your anti Casey Affleck was a Casey as a girl. Yeah. Like getting Casey Affleck to tell you the location of the hidden sex book is like getting Casey Affleck to tell you the location of the (laughs) hidden sex book. (laughs) Casey Affleck, you're on blast too. No one's safe. Yeah, I just don't I don't fully believe that a group of uh just graduate is is where are they when in their lives are they attaining this knowledge of the female form yeah i don't know that's a good point (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's weird (laughs) yeah it also i mean sex education does this very well on the episode about fingering but it assumes that the girls don't know how to pleasure themselves the fundamental idea of the book is flawed because obviously if you could just ask a lady that you are having sex with, how do you like it when you do it? You um, wouldn't need the book. So, Hey, do you prefer getting away with it or getting caught? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Any more off lists? (laughs) um do we have one more well we talked about dissolving pitch me for this episode but i well i guess i did have a question a burning question Uh that was more or less just like reverse engineering a pitch me for all of us (laughs) okie dokie i want to hear i haven't thought of a pitch me but i want to hear yours we talked about this right yeah it was in the it was a pre-show meeting if you were to do a American Graffiti slash Days and Confused. Confused. Well, yeah, so American Graffiti made in the 70s, set in the 50s. Days and Confused made in the 90s, set in the 70s. Coolie High. The collective. Coolie High, yeah, made in the 70s, set in the 60s. The film in the global film industry really dropped the ball on not making a 2010s movie set in the 90s to maintain the pace except for mid 90s the the jonah hill movie i didn't see it but it says with that little dude on the cover yeah (laughs) i don't know it's it's said the mid 90s so it's just i don't make it's not it doesn't fit the prom it doesn't fit the uh prom com Mm. genre at all i don't think but i think so for the 90s it's either do you set it in the late 90s to kind of pay homage to the 1999 teen comedy boom? I say that's yes. a trap. That's a trap. You set it in early 90s LA. You got Chili Peppers. You got Dr. Dre. You got Snoop Dogg. And it's pretty much days and confused, but it's set in the 90s. <laughs> that's to my that, answer. To that soundtrack. <laughs> and they're yeah, like I- on the quest for Chili Peppers tickets. I think that like the 90s pop 
it would not be old and it's too young for a high school movie, right? Like you couldn't do a Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, in sync, Backstreet Boys soundtrack. Why would you want to? Well, it's just those were very important bands in the nineties. We're here to talk about guy stuff. Okay. Do you got any ideas that are guy stuff? <laughs> it's kind of true though well no the motown i think was probably guys and girls but i think a lot i don't know how much of the music in like days and confused was there more like female centric bands or donna summer andy said donna summer true and yeah and the motown stuff i mean starts with the supremes I think it's just a male-dominated industry. My brain isn't working enough, so I'm, I'm going to say, uh, Andy, I agree with you. You're, yeah, you're right. I think, I think, Andy, you're right. You're going to buy it? I'll buy it. I'll buy it. I'll Yay. go see it. I'll buy it. This is a great strategy Call for pitching. Andy's to, Magical High School Movie. To do a podcast for five hours and tire us out so we'll agree to anything. Mm-hmm. Good job, everybody. Wow. What's what are we doing next? Well, it's the twenty-fifth, sort of two honoring two things here. One, it's the twenty-fifth anniversary of Toy Story. That's not until November, but who knows when the episode will come out. Um twenty-fifth anniversary of Toy Story in November, and this would have been the month that Soul came out. So in honor of both Soul and the 25th anniversary of Toy Story, we are doing, not all of, thank goodness, but 16 Pixar movies from the last 25 years. And that list will be in the show notes. So if you want to get a head start, um, I'm not reading them out right now. Hmm. They uh, just uh, Look, you can tell what the 16 best Pixar movies are. But if you can't. Plus the ones that we hadn't seen in a while <laughs> that we just wanted to watch again. Uh, just look in the show notes. Uh, thanks for listening. If you're still here, oh my gosh, we salute you. Um, yeah, 